From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, January 12th. Moab's shortage of affordable housing is well known, but there's another real estate-related crunch in the area, storage space. Justin Higginbottom speaks with an owner of a local business about wait times and the disappearance of a storage off-season. After a spate of recent evictions in Moab, those out of a home had another problem, finding space for their stuff. The amount of time in the last six months I have not been 100% occupied, I would say is probably less than five hours. Meaning as soon as I have somebody vacate, I hit the list and somebody is renting it right after that. Chad Stroman has worked in self-storage for 20 years. He's the type of guy that goes to storage conferences. He owns JR's self-storage in Moab and his wait list is 20 deep. It's usually a seasonal business, he says. No one wants to move in the winter. That didn't happen this year. There's no off-season in storage this year. It is actually picked up. I mean, it started in spring hot and heavy, and it's just been crazy the entire time. Stroman thinks it all goes back to housing. Storage is definitely a different animal in Moab than it is outside of Moab. I've got a ton of people that are coming to Moab for jobs, and they just have no place to stay. And so they're calling me and saying, I found a room that I could rent, but I have all my stuff, and where do I put it? And you know, People that turn their homes into short-term rentals are also using self-storage. Nationally, the market is booming, says Stroman. And large investment firms buying up homes and trailer and RV parks are now coming for mom-and-pop storage companies. And so what has happened in the last, I would say, 20 years is more and more and more investment money, whether it's real estate, VC capital firms, big banking institutions, things like that, have turned to storage and really made that a large part of their portfolios. That hasn't happened here yet, but Stroman says prices have climbed up to 15% in the last couple of years. This year, he thinks there will be another jump. With high costs to build more units, he doesn't see any slowdown in the future. Well, I'll give you one anecdote that you can use or not use from there. Just to give you an idea. So I had a guy that moved from out of state to Moab. So he got a job working at McDonald's. It had no place to stay. So his what he would do was he would camp out of town during the nighttime. He'd get up in the morning. He'd come to his unit, open his unit. And I'd see him on the security cameras for, you know, about an hour getting cleaned up for work. Then he'd get on his bike and he'd ride to McDonald's to start his shift. When he was done, he'd ride to the unit, change his clothes, get whatever he needed for the night. And then he would bike out of town to a camping spot and he'd camp out, out of town. In Moab, at least, that arrangement doesn't seem so strange. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. There's this handy chart from the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. The chart lists risk factors for harassment in the workplace. Things like a homogenous workforce, where employees in the minority can feel isolated or vulnerable to pressure from others. Young workforces, where employees in their first or even second jobs might be less aware of workplace norms or lack self-confidence to resist unwelcome overtures. Then there's workplaces with significant power disparities, where low-ranking employees are less likely to understand where to complain if something's not right. 
or workplaces with undocumented employees who can be vulnerable to exploitation and fear retaliation. This chart on risk factors for harassment goes on and on. It reminds the staff at Seacaven Family Crisis and Resource Center of a certain industry. We have seen a prevalence of sexual harassment and sexual violence in these communities, just really people that work within the tourism industry. Abigail Taylor, executive director of Seacaven. The organization recently released a survey aimed at getting better data on sexual harassment in the local outdoor recreation and tourism industry. She says stories of harassment are showing up with their clients, and it's highlighted a need for prevention work. There are a lot of power dynamics that exist when you work in any business, period, any any type of organization, but we also have this component of uh, tourism and, and needing to work to get tips and needing to make people feel good about the time that they're spending in order to make money. So um, we've just seen these issues with our clients, whether it be in the guiding community or hotel industry or restaurant industry. Seacaven's survey is completely anonymous. It doesn't ask to reveal individual names or workplaces. It asks general questions about experiences and workplace culture. The results will help inform the organization's new trainings on bystander intervention. Staff says there are tools that individuals at every level of an organization can use to counter harassment within the workplace culture, whether that behavior is coming from fellow employees or guests. Cora Phillips is Seacaven's prevention coordinator. So how to be an active witness and respond in a manner that's constructive. On the river, it might be the trip leader kind of like, hey, you know, did you hear that? That wasn't okay. And just acknowledging the inappropriate behavior and then delaying and checking in um, after the incident has occurred, go to that person that was the victim in that scenario and check in with them. Hey, you know, are you okay? I heard that comment. You know, that's, that's not appropriate. How can I support you? Phillips is planning to collect the data from the workplace sexual harassment surveys by April. She wants to make their bystander intervention training more relatable and target the specific culture here in Moab. She says it's difficult to imagine a cultural norm where harassment doesn't exist, but it is possible to make incremental change toward that goal. And she hopes this prevention work will help make Moab's outdoor rec and tourism industry safer for everyone. To find the survey, check out the show notes of today's news on our website and KZMU News Podcast. Taylor and Phillips were speaking as recent guests on This Week in Moab. You can find that conversation on Friday on the KZMU Public Affairs Podcast. Details are emerging around a new deal to keep more water in Lake Mead. As KUNC's Alex Hager reports, the city of Phoenix will take cutbacks over the next two years. The steadily drying Colorado River is forcing big cities to rethink the amount of water they use. As part of the so-called 500-plus plan, Phoenix will take payoffs in exchange for using less. Cynthia Campbell is a water lawyer for the city. She says it wasn't about the money. We really need to think about more long-range solutions to the over problem that every water user in the Colorado River Basin is going to have, and that is is that there is less water in that river than anyone ever anticipated. Homes in Phoenix won't notice the change as reductions will come from excess water that was headed for storage. Farmers, tribes, and other cities in the southwest are also expected to take cuts as part of the plan. 
I'm Alex Hager. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, January 12th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.